to the Arnithology. I'm Ben Hyten. And I'm Dana! Otherwise known as... Alex Belairdy. True Lies, Alex. True Lies. It's true 1994, lies. James Cameron. It's and true lies. Let's, you know, let's really savour this moment. Because okay, I, okay. I, I think... Wait, hang on, hang on. I'm savouring it. Jesus. Oh. Absolute silence. Absolute silence while, while we all, while we all save this, savour this moment. It's we've been waiting. It's fair to say we've been waiting like yeah. the whole run of this podcast to see this movie. I'd say even more than Terminator and Terminator 2. I, I agree. I think this is the one I've been most excited to watch again. And it's been the hardest to not skip ahead and rewatch. Yeah. Well, fair play to you. And I think it's super special at this point because the run of films we're about to go into, I think this is arguably... Arnold's last great movie and there's some well there's a little poignancy there now that's not to say that there aren't good films ahead there are there's certainly fun films ahead but as we're going to get into over the next hour or so this is a great Arnie movie and I don't think he's done a film this good since that's fairer to say what you did say was it's his last great movie to date well, we don't know yet. We haven't seen Maggie. That's true. You see, whilst True Lies might be good, Arnie couldn't make a True Lies now, not just because of his age. I don't think that you can make True Lies now. And in fact, when they were gearing up to do True Lies 2, both Jim Cameron and Arnie, they were set to go in 2002. They weren't particularly happy with the script that they had anyway. But James Cameron said, no, nah, after September the 11th, you just can't do this exactly. kind of movie about terrorism anymore. Exactly. Well, it wasn't just that. I just don't think you can do that kind of an action movie anymore. Well. Well, maybe you can. I don't know. Give me some examples. I, my, my, my summary, okay? All right. My summary ahead. of the synopsis, the shortest one I'm ever going to do, and I don't think you need any more than this. You can add to it if you feel like that. Sure, though. sure. The plot is this. James Bond got married and had a kid and told them that he was a computer salesman. A bit more happens than that, but yeah. If right. you're pitching it to a studio, that's what you say, isn't it? They yeah, think he's a computer salesman, but much. he's still a spy. Yeah, I'd say Rambo meets James Bond. Yeah, okay. Here's the thing. I totally forgot that you have that very James Bondian opening sequence with the mansion and the guys on skis, where he's like... It's excellent. He's in disguise, yeah. but he's not really in disguise, like James Bond never is. He's doing some cool spy shit. He's dancing with a foxy lady, charming her and having a tango. Shawing! And then he starts blowing stuff up, killing people, and he gets away without a scratch. Now, that is a James Bond sequence. And watching it this time, I suddenly realized in 1994, we were the furthest we had ever been from a James Bond film having been made since 1962. Dalton hadn't made a Bond film since 1989. And Brosnan didn't do one until 95. So we didn't know at that point if we were ever actually going to have a James Bond film again. Oh, so the um, Pierce Brosnan ones hadn't started yet. Goldeneye was the next year. Right. So it's the so you're saying it's the longest time there ever had been. Right. For, because, them, for there not to be a James Bond film. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So So what you're saying is that it's as though audiences were primed for this kind of thing. 
uh, seeing James Bondian stuff on screen was actually rare in cinema, uh, uh, is, is what you're trying to say. Well, I think films like Die Hard and Under Siege and that had replaced what James Bond had given us since the 60s. And certainly Bond was the progenitor of those. But Bond is something different, isn't it? Bond is is the quippy, sexy... And I think if you're going to say that there's a franchise that really showed or exposed what you might call spy craft, it's that. It's not so much action as it is. It's crafty. And that's interesting. And that's one of the reasons why I love that opening sequence so much, because he's got all his gear and gadgets, and it's really smart the way he goes in there. And then... Sound the spoiler collection! There, there are some moments that I'm going to pick out from this that are just pure Arnie in, the, in a micro moment that just have so many elements of Schwarzenegger, everything he's done today, all in one line. Yeah, yeah, you're nodding profusely. Yeah, I've oh, never you're... seen you nod that much at anything I've ever done. I want to. I feel like I'm in church. Yeah, right? it's, it's and I want to go testify. Yeah, because and you're the choir and I'm preaching. This is what we play for exactly and i am so and one of the reasons why i'm so pleased is because you watch last action hero and okay so we've talked about arnie's films in phases right and you watch last action hero and i've got it written in my list as the beginning of the fall you call it something else but that's what this phase is because there's sort of overlap between the phases and last action you could watch that and go ooh. Arnie might not make another good movie, right? Well, it showed that he he was fallible. Yeah, and then he does. Yeah, it showed he was fallible, right? But this film, True Lies, has all the elements in it that Last Action Hero is trying to be. It does it better. It doesn't take itself that seriously. So it's a nice parody of action films without being a farcical. And it's a family movie too, to, to some degree. What is it, 15, right? It's Yeah, it's not super violent, but it's still quite violent. We I'm saw it surprised at how violent it is. Yeah, yeah parents, of course, you know? of course. It's, it's not predator violent, but it's, it's still violent. No, it's, it's why it got didn't get an 18 certificate. So I've gone round and around as normal with my getting to the point. But just before um, we sounded the spoiler klaxon, I was about to say we've got this very Bondian opening. Then Arnie puts his signature on it as he's leaving the party. He's, he gets out a cigarette case. He's being accosted by a guard saying, uh, hey, hey, you, hey, you. And he's like, let me see, let me your, see invitation. your invitation. Yeah. Here is my invitation. Presses a button on his cigarette case and an explosion goes off. It's a quip. It's an explosion. It's Arnie being smooth. The only thing that was missing is that it was a cigarette instead of a cigar. But I think we kind of touched on this when we were doing Last Action Hero is that I think we both sort of wanted to see the Jack Slater film within Last Action Hero, rather than mm. the Last Action Hero story. Mm. And that's what True Lies is. It's a it's a really over-the-top action film that lets you know that it knows it's silly, but it's still really satisfying as an actual action movie. And I would defy anyone who likes action films and likes comedies to not dig this. I think yeah. it, it just works yeah. so, so well. Yeah, so what you're seeing in this are... Like you said, the Jack Slater film that's in or most of the first half, first two thirds of uh, Last Action Hero. That's what this is. Um, without being so stupid, it's silly that you kind of you're cringing at it. That it's even bad. 
I don't know what you might think the difference is between what arguably went wrong with Last Action Hero and what goes right with True Lies when they're trying to tackle that combination of tone, apart from the meta stuff that Last Action Hero did. But for me, it's James Cameron. Again. I was just going to say, it's got to be. I mean, so what I, I, all I saw was a producer credit. Did he direct as well? And he wrote it. Oh, well, that's, that's the thing then. I, I forgot that he directed it. It's got to be James Cameron, right? Of course. You and know? he assembles an amazing cast. I just want to run down the cast. Obviously, you've got Arnold. Whatever it is about Jim Cameron, he can get, he can get the best performance out of Arnie. That I've that I've seen. I honestly, I I've, I made the point with Terminator. I made it again with Terminator Two. I'm going to make it again here. Yeah. I think Cameron makes movies that have the same qualities that Arnold has. Yeah. They're slick. They're confident. They're charming, and they're mechanical. That's lovely, uh, man. It's a really nice way of saying it. And I think they just they obviously have an affinity for one another. They understand each other. Like he understands Arnold so well. Mm. He's like a piece of clay that Cameron yeah. can mould. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, the three films they've done together, they're three classics, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. No, agreed. Um, I was thinking, at, right at the beginning when the film started, I was like, I must have seen this film 20 times. I think it's, it is the Arnold movie I have seen the most. And I was wondering, do I think this movie is good because it's a good movie? Or do I think this movie is good because it's a mo- it's an Arnie film that fits what I like the most? And I don't know if those two thoughts are, are separable or not. I, I know that as reviewers of movies now, we're trying to separate that as much as we can. I just love it. I love it so much. I think it is caught up in a, an element of nostalgia. This is arguably from a time where these kind of films were being made in this way for the last time, the big budget right. one-man action movies yeah. with lots of practical stunts yeah. and practical effects. But I think you'd have a very tough case arguing against that this is objectively a good film for yeah. what it sets out to do. There are reasons why it ends up being good and there are reasons why it ends up, which we'll come to definitely, we're going to get into it soon, that make it a slight departure from the, this type of film. You You said... This is the last time or one of the last times this type of film basically was allowed to be made. The audiences would would let it happen um, and it and it be successful. Uh, this kind of movie is, is dying at this time, 94, 95, right? At this scale. And, yeah, for sure. It doesn't and, mean and that they don't. Way, yeah. They keep existing. They still exist yeah. now, but yeah. they end up on movies for men or whatever or. You know, and so yeah, nostalgia because we kind of still want those kinds of movies. The only way that those movies get done is when they're nodding to themselves, like with Expendables and things like that. And in that, you don't have the lone action hero; you've got all of the action heroes it's a team and up. That's yeah, the, that's yeah. the joke, right? That's the whole point. It's a team up. This is already a departure because of the introduction of Helen Tasker, the Jamie Lee Curtis character. Without her, this is an awful movie. Oh, I don't know about that. Take Without her, her it's a very formulaic movie. Yeah, it's a formulaic exactly. spy action comedy. So it's a big nod to that, to the to the saying, look, we know that Arnold Schwarzenegger does formulaic spy action com- action films, you know, even slightly comedic. This film wins where Last Action Hero couldn't and didn't. This film wins where Kindergarten Cop couldn't and didn't. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And th- But this film has elements of those things oh yeah and it's, it's the same thing it's like jim cameron does whatever that list of qualities that you, you said he does those list of qualities really well 
and they're epitomized by small moments in this film. The, here's my invitation uh, when he's on the um, getting pulled back by the horse off of the roof. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, and you know just those lines that, like that he says. He goes from danger and trepidation. This is in the space of ten seconds, thirty seconds. Danger and trepidation that really does have you on the edge of your seat, even if you know what's happening. Yeah. Um, to the Arnie scowl, like scowling in this movie is off the charts. Like it, it, it's a scowl. Every scene. It's a it's a scowster piece. <laughs> yeah. It, what a word. Hashtag scowster piece. <laughs> that's great, man. Yeah, that's what it is. And so he scowls at Art Malek across the way. He's and then he just turns around and jokes with the horse in the way that you'd expect in Cactus Jack or 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 Kindergarten Cop or whatever, like that banter. But it works. And it doesn't make you cringe. And the reason why is because it's not heavy with it. They're not trying to get you to laugh every scene with silly stuff like that. And it works because it, it breaks the tension in that moment. Again, what we're talking about with James Cameron is, we said it before in every other one of his movies that we reviewed, he's a structural magician. He is. And he does something very daring with this that I want to talk about in a minute. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I sort of, when we were talking about Terminator 2, I criticised Jim Cameron as being too dorky to do the cool dialogue of a teenager. Um, and I think he was probably criticised along with Arnold. For oh, right, for John Connor. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I think they were both criticised for introducing too much jokiness into the Terminator franchise and, and not doing it particularly adeptly. And I feel like with this... I'm not saying it's the case, but it does feel like Jim Cameron making a statement that, oh, you don't think I can do witty dialogue? Okay, here you go. Yeah. This film is genuinely funny. Yeah. It, uh, 20 years later, I still laugh. Agreed. Uh, Tom Arnold's best movie. I don't, I haven't really... By a yet. mile. Yeah. Never really been on my radar, never really was a big fan of him, but he's excellent in this. And again, I have to give the credit to Cameron because the studio didn't want Tom Arnold. Yeah. Tom Arnold didn't think he would get the part. James Cameron liked him, he liked his energy, and he fought for him so much that he said, if Tom Arnold doesn't do this movie, I don't do this movie. So that, so there you go, you see, that's, that's evidence of an artist knowing not just their craft, knowing how they do their craft and how they do it well. Somewhere in him, James Cameron, for making that um, ultimatum, must have known the chemistry between Tom Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger would work so excellently and it does in this movie in a way that rivals uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Twins. Another big, that's a very big statement, that. Rivals, I said. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't it's say... De- I mean, it's never, I didn't say equal. ever going to be... No, no, I, I'm never going to argue with the statement that this is Tom Arnold's best performance. Yeah, that's... It, yeah. it 100% is. There's chemistry um, between him and... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. And they work great together. Well, yeah, and actually, fine. when you look so at some of that's not what you're the... hesitating about. No, right, come on. Danny DeVito's a genius. Yeah, yeah. But... But I'm not, that's what... I'm not equating Tom Arnold and Danny <laughs> I know, DeVito's I know, performance. I know, I'm I saying the chemistry between him and Arnie, they work well yeah, on yeah. screen. That's all. And, and they had some much more talented actors and prolific, well-known actors lined up for that part. People like John Goodman. Now, oh, really? That's interesting. I'd love to see what John Goodman in an Arnie yeah, movie looks like, but I don't know. I can't... I, I prefer Tom Arnold. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what John Goodman was doing in 94, whatever. It, this is this is the conceit of hindsight, right? Looking yeah. at his performance in Cloverfield, I'd put John Goodman in anything, right? I'd be oh, like, yeah. uh, totally. I want to see him do everything now, you know, so... But again, 
as as we've come across so many times, direction seems to be so crucial for so many actors. Um, and the small bits of direction and acting you and I have done, we know the truth of that. You never know what you look like. You never know really what you come across. That's what how you're coming across. So you could be giving it your all, but it actually looks rubbish. Yeah. Uh, so a director's vision is important in that sense. I just want to list off some of the other cast members because I, I think it's a real strength of this film. Um, not necessarily the cast in isolation, the actors in isolation, but as a whole, Jamie Lee Curtis... Jesus, man. So great. And I want so, to talk at length wait. about I her. I can't wait until we talk about her. Obviously, Tom Arnold, Art Malik, um, playing it totally straight as an idiotic terrorist. Yeah. Grant Hesloff, who uh, plays Faisal, um, the third member of their team. He's excellent. Now, T- small not bit, very, but excellent. Small part. No, really solid. But yeah. do you know who, like, he's not particularly well known as an actor. No. He's an Oscar nominated screenwriter. He's George wow. Clooney's co writer. Wow. Um, Eliza Dushku, uh, Charlton Heston in pretty much the only film I like Charlton Heston in. Tia Carrere in probably the, one of the last times she was in a movie of this size. That's why I was saying showing earlier. But most importantly, Bill fucking Paxton. <laughs> yeah, man. This film, uh, it puts him way up there. And, you know, we we keep mentioning Bill Paxton. He has a tiny appearance in uh, Terminator. That's the, kind of the first time we see him in Arnie movies. Before before we, we talk about Bill Paxton, because I think we should just go straight and talk about him. Now, we I do want to say things about all of these actors that you've listed. Do you have any okay. more? No, those are the main right. ones. Okay, really, great. Because those are the main ones I picked up as well, picked up on. Aside from the grannies looking directly at the camera. Love her. At, at, in the background in one scene. She's yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah. Bill Paxton. Now, what else has he done for viewers who are not following his career? Okay. That's uh, not Arnie films. Like, what's the yeah, best yeah. thing that Bill Paxton's done? Up to this point, I'd say the thing that he was most famous for was either playing Chet, the um, horrific brother in Weird Science, or his most famous role is probably uh, Hudson in Aliens. Right, yeah. Game over, man! Exactly, yeah. Don't know if I did that well or not, but maybe I need some direction. Well, I'm no Jim Cameron. Yeah, okay, let's just, not try. Just do, hey, hey, just do it better. Do it better, bit better, bit better. <laughs> it's the best direction. So yeah, game over, man. That's Bill Paxton. He's excellent in this. Like, truly phenomenal. I, I, mean, I don't know what to say. It's like... He is... Um, again, he, he, I, I said this movie's <laughs> rubbish without Jamie Lee Curtis. It's rubbish without Bill Paxton as well. You know, it's like... He makes the moments that his character is supposed to be. Just so he plays he plays creepy so believably. How can how can a character so hateable and set up to be so hateable be so lovable? Yeah, it's because it's Bill Paxton. He is a douchebag for the ages. It is incredible. So Simon is a used car salesman who is living a pathetic life. We think probably in a trailer somewhere. He is living in, the in a trailer. Of nowhere. Park, yeah. That is his yeah. home, right? It's not. Yeah. A safe house, as he says. Ooh. Who his his number one way of picking up women is to pretend to be a spy and need them somehow to help him save him well, or whatever. Hang on, because here's what I think his backstory is. When he got some hot cars, I don't mean stolen cars, I mean like yeah. sexy cars on the car lot. He's like, I'm going to take these home from work. I'm going to cruise around. I'm going to pick up chicks in them. But he's such a douchebag that that wasn't enough to pick up. Yeah, he couldn't so be he himself, created right? yeah. he created this spy backstory to bring excitement into these women's lives 
not in a particularly altruistic way, just to, uh, if you'll excuse the phrase, get laid. Well, that's the phrase he would use, right? The the twist is that he's, in his uh, role-playing as a spy, he's taking credit for the work that Arnold and Tom Arnold do. Mm. And I love that. Sorry, man. I love that scene when when they're in the car realising that. Yeah. It's, that. The way they're playing it, like Arnie's showing some yeah. really good emotions there. Like, I, I just, I can't remember the line. I'm starting to like this guy. Yeah. Oh, we still totally got to kill him. That's yeah. a given. And just that Arnie's like laughing away, like he's taking credit for me. Yeah. Like he's he's not saying it, but just the way he's laughing at that, because they um they bugged them, right? And so he's listening, they're listening to them on the radio from a car, you know, outside the restaurant. And Arnie, I can't remember, what does Arnie say? Does he say something? No, he's just doing that face of like disbelief. He's like going, ha! Yeah, that's it. He's like, the thing about that scene, it's not so much Tom Arnold like, hey, I'm starting to like this guy. It's the scowl that Arnie gives him in that moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. It shuts him down. It yeah. shut, and then, then and he's like, oh, we're still totally going to kill him, right? Uh, sorry, they're going to kill him because he's trying to pick up Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Arnie's wife. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to sleep with Arnie's wife. Helen yeah. Tasker. Yeah. When we first see Bill Paxton, though, we don't know that he's a car salesman. We think that she actually is having an affair with a spy. Yeah, well, that was so my question, see... do we? Well, we don't know Is it just because I've seen it 20 times that I'm yeah, like... Yeah, it is. But it's not that long, right? He's... No, no, no. But when we first meet Bill Paxton, when she goes to meet him in the Chinese restaurant, yeah. he's doing his super spy shtick going, Cairo, Cairo is a day at the beach compared to this. <laughs> the next time we see him, we find out that he is full of shit when we see him cruising away in the red Corvette, laughing his ass off, grooving to the Bee Gees, more than a woman, yeah. right? And then he pulls up at his uh, used car salesman park, uh, lot, and puts the for sale sign back in the window and goes in. Yeah. When Arnold arrives to talk to him later, like as a prospective buyer, the swagger that Bill Paxton has when he's walking across the lot, it just kills me. And this is why Bill Paxton's great, right? Like Lance Henriksen in Terminator, he takes a probably five or eight minutes of screen time and he wrestles every last little second of brilliance that he can out of it. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to make every moment count. Yeah. Like when he's eating the burger and Arnold says, and what about their husbands? And he just gets right in his face and goes, Dickless! <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and then Arnie's like, so this is the thing about it. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Because then Arnie's like, so he's grilling him, right? Because he's he's he wants to find out as much as he can about this douchebag who's macking on his wife. And he wants to... He wants to f- find out, like, why is this guy doing this? You know, and he, he's a and spy. has he slept with her? Yeah, has he, he slept, slept with, her, with her, basically. But so, you know, obviously Bill Paxton doesn't know that Arnie's um, Jamie Lee Curtis's husband. And so he's asking, what about... And it's just the way he's playing it and the way he goes... <laughs> and then pulls a straight face and, like, scowls yeah. at him. It's, again, Arnie's best performance. Like, by one of them, one of them by far, you know. I it, agree. His best performance in terms of... Acting naturally. This is Arnold as Harry Tasker, the greatest hits compilation of everything that we've seen Arnold do up to this point. I agree. I agree. And some stuff that I think we haven't. And it's only in tiny moment, but when he drops by Helen's office, that's Jamie Lee Curtis's character, to surprise her because he missed a birthday. Yeah. That's when he first realizes that she's getting phone calls from this guy and that she's having an affair. The look, when he's still in the office, 
that moment of so realization. Excellent. So excellent. You actually see him crumble. It's yeah, a brilliant moment. And then he does thing. this sort of really lamenting walk, like into traffic, basically. Yeah. And it ends up getting played a little bit for laughs, but that moment yeah. is genuine. No, I no, I, I agree. And we see in this more than in any other movie, Arnie's range. He actually yeah. has a range. And for people faulting him and saying, oh, he's wooden, he's mechanical, and he's whatever, I think a lot of that comes from, and I've said it before, the fact that he was cast as a Terminator and that was his biggest, most popular, most known movie, and the fact that he's foreign. Sometimes he delivers lines monotonously. Well, often he delivers lines monotonously. It's an unfair assessment of his ability and range. And this film is, like as you said, a showcase for everything that Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. can do as a performer. You see him at his most um, sort of mean and, and terrifying in a way. You see him at his most physical and impressive. But then you see these, and it's very funny as well, but very vulnerable yeah. moments as well. Yeah. And if that's not a range, yeah. I don't know uh, what is. Yeah, it's for sure. And really believable romance chemistry between him and his wife in this. So here's what I wanted to say. You've got these great action set pieces. But after the after the the set piece on the roof with the horse, like you said, a really exciting action piece that's also then uh, got levity and, and it has real humour in it. Then Cameron stops the main terrorism plot yeah. for a solid 40 minutes yeah. to do this other story yeah. about Helen and... What's gone wrong in his relationship yeah. with her as a husband is, you know, did he put his job above his wife and his child? What can he do about the fact that she's having an affair? Is she having an affair? But also, he gets to the heart of why is she having an affair? What's her reason for excitement. doing it? Boredom. She's lacking bo- lacking excitement in her life. It's not just her husband yeah, yeah. ignoring no, 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 her. No, 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 totally, totally. Lots of reasons. But, yeah, yeah. But- they get to it, but he is neglecting her for sure. But she also has a lust for something else in her life. And if I'm in 1994, I'm going to see an Arnie movie that I know is the most expensive movie ever made at that time, which it was. I've got to be sat there thinking, whoa, 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 what's this all about? Why am I watching this domestic comedy drama all of a sudden? But it pays off because what he's doing is he's taking that formulaic spy story. And giving you a real reason to care about these characters. Mm. I got so heavily emotionally invested in it this time around that when Jamie Lee Curtis is in the interrogation room... That's the scene, man. That's the one. She is phenomenal in that scene. Yeah. I mean, she really... Uh, but So I would say that Jamie Lee Curtis is a phenomenal actress anyway, right? She's yeah. got She's got talent for sure. But in this movie... Not only is that scene phenomenal, it's, if I'm going to be fair, I'd say it's an easy scene to work with because it is emotional. Arnie does well with it, but she plays her role in this fantastically. And it does, it it pulls on you because she's really speaking honestly and vulnerably about the reasons why her marriage is is failing and how she feels. And and we feel what she feels and we feel what Arnie must be feeling and all that. So it's full of feelings, that, that scene. <laughs> I defy you not to feel something watching it because we should, by this stage, we will have invested in our characters. It's This is why it works so well. 
Um, and instead of expecting us to feel something for our characters at the beginning, which a lot of movies try and do, this does that well, not just because of Jamie Lee Curtis's performances, uh, performance in that scene, but because she sells every moment well yeah. in this movie. We've seen her as the dowdy housewife. We've seen her as the neglected wife, bored in a boring job. We've also seen her be silly and funny and yeah. scared. Uh, we've even seen her start to... Uh, fight back actually and say I don't want this I don't want this actually yeah. I don't want you touching me and she she physically beats him off yeah the Bill Paxton him off, but, you know, yeah she kicks him away yeah. uh, she kicks Tom Arnold in the balls when she thinks he's some yeah, random brilliant I love <laughs> the bit guy. when so he kicks kicks Tom Arnold in the balls she's <laughs> running away and and then this this other one of the, you know the crew that's come to SWAT guy SWAT yeah, team yeah. or whatever Arnie's team or he's whatever Arnie's trying to grab her. He, she bites Arnie's hand. He's like, ah, a guy, another guy comes along to, to try and to get her. And the way he gets her is like, he, he butts her on the head with it, like the butt of his rifle. And Arnie just turns around and clocks that guy. Cause he's like, yeah. you're hitting my wife. Yeah. <laughs> it was brilliant. And so eventually they get her, right? And Or she passes out because of that, right? And whatever. Well, they bundle her in the, yeah, in yeah, the van yeah. and away they go. But then they have that interrogation scene. And even in that interrogation scene, she's doing that whole range again. Yeah. Acting alone yeah. in a room to a mirror, to a camera. Yeah. She's being funny. She's being vulnerable. She's being scared. She's being tough. And she's speaking to something that I think most people relate to. Why did I do it? Her line is... The sand was slipping out of the hourglass and I wanted to be able to say, see, I did that. I was reckless and I was wild and I fucking did it. And then she she sort of, once she said it, it's it's catharsized and she says, quite frankly, I don't give a shit if you understand that. It's good for her to say it. Yeah. It's brilliant. And yeah. when she actually, you know, sort of the button of the scene is Arnold asking her, she doesn't know it's Arnold at this point, do you still love your husband? She plays that totally genuinely and really beautifully, and that was the moment that got me. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't believe in marriage even. But when she says, "Yes, of course, I always have, and I always will," you know, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, it's it's a really, really amazing performance that she's giving, culminating in the moment where he is going to reveal to her that he's behind all of this by setting up this hotel scene, which is obviously it's the moment that. Jamie Lee Curtis is remembered for in this film and I want to talk about it I think it would be we have childish to, to we not have to. mention it yeah. but I just wanted to say all of that stuff about her performance up yeah. to that point because it not only grounds the film in an emotional reality uh, that allows all of this silly action to take place and still carry meaning also to say that it's a little unfair to only remember Jamie Lee Curtis for her dancing in her underwear because she's giving the performance of a lifetime here. Although it is memorable, there's no accident why it's why it's memorable. Um, and we can credit her for that too, actually. Is why can't it be both? Why can't somebody oh, yeah. be have a full range of their humanity, so be sexy, be intelligent, be everything? And just because you appreciate somebody's intelligence doesn't mean you don't appreciate their sexiness and vice versa. Yeah. There are some other lines in that yeah. scene that, although the lines that you read are moving lines they are not the moving lines for me okay so those lines that i'm referring to are actually just before the bits that you read out and it yeah. was she wanted to do something outrageous because it felt good to be needed to be trusted 
and to feel special. That's what everyone wants, right? Like, of that's what we're looking for when we have relationships with people. It's even you could argue the terrorists want to be needed and feel special and whatever. That's that's what these characters are doing in this movie. But Jamie Lee Curtis delivers it in a way that really makes you feel for her. You understand why she's doing what she's doing. And it's not just that. Arnie understands. Like Harry Tasker, it cuts to Arnie and you see him doing a face that says, shit, I get it now. I get what's going yeah. on. It doesn't matter anymore if you cheated on her or whatever. It's He's he's neglecting her. She's yeah. not happy in her marriage. And hearing her say that is that. And we've got that scene where we have Arnie. He's not interrogating her anymore after that moment. He's saying, why are you, why were you unhappy or something? He's really like, I want to know as your husband, you bet you've got to tell me because this is important. Because to us. Yeah. For, for, for 20 years almost. Yeah. He's, he's been off having he's been fun and adventures and dancing yeah. with Tia Carrere. Yeah. She's been sat at home, not knowing who her husband is. Making and, him birthday cakes that he doesn't come home to, to have. Yeah. And raising their child yeah. and looking after the house. And he he's, literally. He's also neglected severely. Yeah. And he literally ignored the best years of her life. And she's yeah. very conscious of the fact that that time is running out. Yeah. There's, you know, I, I, I brought her up in an earlier episode when we were talking about how Cameron writes women. And I was a little bit scared, actually, that I wouldn't be able to back it up by saying that Jamie Lee Curtis can go in the same league as Linda Hamilton, as Sarah Connor, and Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley. I feel vindicated that I said it, actually. I'm glad you did, yeah. Uh, not just because of Jamie Lee's performance. Uh, we're on first name terms now. <laughs> you and but, Jamie um, Lee, yeah. I think there is a commonality there between her and the Sarah Connor that we met in Terminator 1. Mm. She is what Sarah Connor would have been if Terminator had never happened. Yeah, and she sure. just settled down and yeah. had a kid and never had that excitement. And actually what you see in her performance is those things like uh, her defiance and her strength suddenly being unlocked. It does come to a head in that hotel scene where she does the dance for her, for him. Uh, that's something else that I think we forget about Jamie Lee Curtis is that she's a, she's a really gifted comical performer. Yeah. And to be yeah, yeah. to be almost naked and still be hilarious. Yeah. You know, it's at fantastic. the same time. So there's that vulnerability or whatever or the shame that comes from being practically naked that doesn't come across because she's she's just so comfortable with herself as an actress, right? You know yeah. she knows herself. You know she knows her body well enough to be physically confident with it enough to show that she's not confident. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like, it's it's totally fantastic. Just before we get into that, because I think we're going to have to talk about that scene now. It's Absolutely. just because that's organic. I Just as you were talking about how Jim Cameron writes women, and I totally agree with you 100%, but it did make me think, I think James Cameron writes women the opposite to how Jack Nicholson's character in As Good As It Gets writes women, <laughs> yeah. which I think is something like he he's asked by a woman. He's yeah. an author in, in the film. Yeah. Like, how come you write women so well? He says, I think of a man and I take away reason and accountability. Yeah. And I think Jim Cameron does the exact opposite. I think he just sees how women own their reason and their accountability. And responsibility, actually, the way that women are able to take responsibility for the, for the whole picture, for the, they see the bigger picture, they have a tendency to, excuse me, I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush, and it doesn't mean sure. men can't do this either. But there's just, that's what Jim Cameron's doing, and that's, I think Jim Cameron does write women really well, 
and he sees the wholeness of women of and they're not yes. we've said so many times it's it's almost like they're real people yeah exactly exactly and it's ridiculous but we're, we're making that joke because it's so often the case that you see you know just eye candy basically i was talking to a friend of mine earlier and she was saying how sad it is that Scarlett Johansson, for all of her excellent abilities and performances and intelligence, clear and clearly intelligent woman, she just ends up being eye candy in the Marvel movies. And I just think that she could be much more. So, so Jamie Lee Curtis, dancing scene. It, it obviously is the scene that she's remembered for. And I think the reason, well, I know the reason, is there surely <laughs> is not a heterosexual male our age that saw this film as a teenager that doesn't have some very special feelings for Jamie Lee Curtis as a result of that scene. Now, it is not a graphic scene no. in any way. It, you could just about get away with it in a PG-13, I think. Yeah. It's still so incredibly sexy. That's now, the word, right? That's We have to use that word and because it, that's exactly what it is. It's sexy. Yeah. And yeah. forget about, what, what did you say? T- male, heterosexual, male, whatever. Yeah. Most of my women friends, when I told them that I've done this podcast, they're like, oh, are you going to do True Lies? Are you going to talk about the Jamie Lee Curtis scene? I'm like, uh, yeah. Yes. And they're like, that's the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. If I could be that sexy, I would be really happy. So it's, I think there's widespread agreement that, and it, that Jamie Lee Curtis not only just owns that scene and is sexy in it, she's playing it with her role. It's not yeah. just, right now, do sexy, Jamie Lee. It's... Be Helen being you're right. Be yeah. Helen Tasker she's, she's, being she's, sexy. She's nervous. Yeah. She's earnest. Yeah. She's silly, but she's also um, able to think on her feet. She's resourceful, and then when she gets into it, she's she. I mean, she's an incredibly uh, well put together woman. There's no two ways yeah. about it. Yeah. But you know the bit where she's um, like she gets into the groove and she's dancing sexy for him, and she's like doing a little pole dance on the poster of the bed. Yeah, and she slips and falls to the ground yeah. and gets back up as if nothing happened. That genuinely happened, no, and she just rolled with it. Brilliant. It's those kinds of things, and again, I think it's it's a credit to Jamie Lee Curtis as an actress, her sense of self, uh, like the way that she knows her body and how she is physically that she can play physical comedy. That's what this is as well. People talk about the dance scene. This t- watching it this time, I saw like before she goes into the room, she's wearing yes. what you could only call a frumpy dress. It's, it's in, a, well, in it's between a frock, frumpy it's and a bit, sexy. It's like yeah, it's a bit crap. It's the kind of thing you'd wear to a funeral, right? And it's got these frilly bits, and well, I don't. It's just all black and whatever. Sexy funeral, sexy funeral, and yeah. her character is supposed to be playing in Arnie's fake come and be a spy for our fake agency that doesn't exist so he can play have this sexy moment that gets his wife it's it's arnie's romantic way of telling his wife that i'm a spy and look it's all all right yeah yeah and it doesn't happen that is that before she goes in there and does the dance as a fake hooker for this fake agency she does what i would say is the quickest and sexiest makeover i've ever seen in my life it's amazing like yeah it's just she turns from frumpy suburban housewife into seductress. 20 seconds. So in terms of the character, right, it's a genius writing move for them to do a mock-up of this is the dress you're wearing, this is what it looks like at the end, and you're going to slick back your hair and you're going to put on lipstick. That's incredible, that, the, that transformation. It's like, 
at least all of my female friends would love to make themselves over that quickly oh. and look that great. You know, it's a fantastic. And it, you know, in a in a film full of incredibly technical, logistical yeah. uh, nightmares. You know, of, of the action scenes, blowing up bridges yeah. Yeah. and hotels and all sorts. That's probably one of the most complex scenes to get right because yeah. you're dealing with something that's different for everyone, right? Yeah. What's funny and what's sexy are very different things, agree, but for most people, and. You have to think that the you know Jim Cameron and his editor would have been looking at the dailies of her doing that in the mirror, slicking her hair yeah. and doing the little coquettish leg and all of yeah. that, thinking, yeah. oh, we've got this, we've got this <laughs> yeah, in the bag. Yeah, you know, the whole setup, you know, with, with what's going on between their characters, it is, it is sexy. It's kind of romantic what Arnold's trying to it do. It is romantic. I wouldn't say kind it, of, it really is. But it's also a little bit creepy. It's his wife. Yeah, but... Just imagine if the scene had played out how he wants it to play out, right? Yeah. He kisses her. He's, she responds. She notices that it's her husband, not some French uh, criminal or whatever. Yeah. And then he goes, hey, honey, um, by the way, I'm a spy. I've been lying to you for 20 yeah, years. So Should we creepy. have sex? Yeah. Yeah, there is something on. And I think that's, and that's why the way it plays out is excellent. From her perspective, it's the worst way to find out. He thinks he's being romantic. Also, he thinks he's doing the right thing by spying on her to find out if she's sleeping with her instead of just doing what Tom Arnold keeps recommending he, he do, which is talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but he can't because he's a spy. And that's the whole thing. The other part of this is that the way it then plays out from this scene onwards yeah. is I think, and correct me if I'm wrong and listeners write in if you think I'm wrong. I think Jamie Lee Curtis falls in love with him all over again because she sees him being a spy. And that plays out the way it does in a way that it wouldn't if he just sat her down at home and said, look, I'm a spy. This yeah. is what I do. You can never know about it. You can never tell anyone about it, right? It wouldn't. It would have been difficult for her. She wouldn't have understood it. She wouldn't have. But the moment when so, he, he like, so, go on, <laughs> go on, go on. So what happens then yeah. is that we return to the main terrorism plot, right? Yeah. They come in, they kidnap them both. First of all, she's just found she, out her husband is a spy. By the way, that doesn't matter because movies, because movies, because movies, because right? movies. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Hashtag because movies. So, like, you've got all of these things at play now. All you have then for almost an hour is all payoff. You've got the the stakes of the nuclear game have been massively raised, so there's a real threat. The emotional stakes are massively raised, and the comedy stakes are mass- massively raised, because, hi, honey, I'm a spy. What the hell? Yeah. No, I'm the spy. You stay out of this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because she, she doesn't buy it, right? And what you're saying is they get what they both want out of their relationship, which is he gets his wife back, she loves him again, because he's now giving her what she wanted all along, which was some excitement and some meaning in her life. Yeah. And to be actually be a part of his. That's it, really. I think more than anything, she would. She. I'm, I feel like the character would forget the excitement if she could be a part of his life. And the reason why he's neglecting her from his life isn't because he doesn't want her in it. It's because his life's a lie, so he can't include her. Yeah. Hence the title. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Did you just get that after twenty-two years? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I never. Understood why it was called True Lies. Also, though, you know, she has been quite open about the fact that she does find him boring. And to find out that your husband actually isn't boring, he's yeah. sexy and awesome. There were so <laughs> many times, like, 
when they're escaping from from their interrogation when they because they, they, they get captured right directly after yeah. this dancing scene and he breaks out of the interrogation which we're going to have to talk about again but she gives him this look like if this was an 18 they wouldn't have run away in that moment <laughs> like other stuff would have happened they'd be doing it on top of a nuclear bomb and it's not this creepy car salesman who is pretending yeah. to be yeah. a spy it's her actual husband yeah. That must be so many people's fantasies. It's definitely mine. I wish my husband was a spy. Uh, well, to be honest, I just wish my husband was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Before we move on, <laughs> someone at, uh, spoke to Arnold around the time of the release or just after the release about that scene of Jamie Lee Curtis dancing in her underwear and um, specifically asked him, how did your wife feel about you filming this scene with you know this incredibly sexy Hollywood actress dancing half naked for you? And he said, I just told her, Honey, I hated every hour of it. <laughs> That's amazing. So we've had Jamie Lee Curtis's great comic moment. What follows is, I think, a series of great Arnold moments. Oh, man. I love the look on his face when he says to Jamie Lee Curtis, what can I say? I'm a spy. It, it's not his line reading. It's what he does with his eyes and his face. Sure, He's... So beautiful to me in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is what I love about him. But that bit where he's had the truth serum. Yeah, uh, that's and he's it, tied up. The dialogue between him and Jamie Lee Curtis and then the subsequent escape. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just gold. It's just pure gold. It is. And, you know, choreographically fantastic as well. At first, I'm going to use you as a human shield. Then... Yeah. I'm going to take that knife to kill that guy. And then I was thinking of maybe breaking your neck. And how are you going to do this? Remember my handcuffs? Yes. I beat them. So, I mean, that in a nutshell, that sequence, by the way, and what follows is what I was saying about the Arnold uh, Greatest Hits compilation. Yeah. Because you've got him being funny you've got him being charming you've got him being quippy you've got him being badass and you've got a couple of inventive kills he throws a, a blade into a guy's eye socket yeah. he gets another guy in the chest with a meat hook and then uses and then, it to drag the body and to conceal the body at the same time yeah dead nonchalantly yeah and then as they're Quietly. escaping and he's and then he, he he's, he's there's quite a lot of hand-to-hand combat in this film which i liked but there's a bit where he's fighting a guy who's got a blade and he stabs that guy and uses the blade that that guy is carrying to stab another guy, yeah. and they fall down together, hugging each other. Yeah, that's like something out of a Jackie Chan film. Yeah, but you know, more horrific. Immediately after, he flip kicks a rifle. Yeah, AK forty seven, AK whatever, Michael J. Fox skateboard style into his yeah. hand, and then just kills some guys that are running up behind him. Yeah. The other thing is that. Uh, again, at this time where action movies are kind of they're going downhill, they want you want something extra. You don't want a just purely action movie, although those still exist. They're not as successful as the movies that contain an extra element. And that extra element is the relationship element, the family element. And you could argue that, you know, there's graphs that online of like the amount of times that family is mentioned in uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. That goes up yeah. and up and... But that mixture's happening more and more in movies than in these kinds of films. And so we're describing this action sequence. Jamie Lee Curtis is there. She's not just hidden somewhere. In each piece, Arnie's protecting her as well as 
get killing the bad guys, you know. That that's what's going on. Doesn't stop there though. No, it in keeps terms going. of the inventive kills. Yeah. Uh dual Uzis. Yeah. Two Uzis crossed over side by side. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's just it yeah. It is just cool, especially because it's the iconic Arnie gun. Yeah, the Uzi. I mean, it's like, sure it is. Yeah, now I've got two of them. <laughs> and it doesn't stop there. No, keep going. Now he's got a petrol line, and he's going to use an Uzi to fire in front of the, the petrol to line. light it. Create an epic flamethrower. Torch about 30 guys. Yeah. yeah amazing. And then it, it, it ends with that. It's such a gloriously shot stunt. Of when um, Art Malik fires the rocket launcher into the petrol tank, the whole place is on fire. It blows up in this huge explosion. It's it's beautifully shot, and a, it's not a, it's not Arnie. It's a stuntman. But diving into the water as the flame like licks yeah. his feet and lights the water on fire. It's and there's and then there's the shot from above with the chopper and the yeah. explosion. Yeah. It's great. Like everything. The amount of times that I mean, Arnie never says chopper, but he says get down. Uh, get out yeah, lo- so yeah, much yeah. like this is yeah. the movie where it's like again this is this film is an Arnie showcase the one thing that's missing which I'm actually not upset that it's not in it is I'll be back but he does have another one instead but let's save that let's okay save that I don't know what lines. it is but okay well I think from that point on after the dual Uzi, I think the rest of the movie you've had Jamie Lee Curtis's moments you've had Tom Arnold's moments then you've had Arnold's moments the rest of the movie, for me, is all about James Cameron. He's like, now I'm going to give you 45 minutes of wall-to-wall action, as good as anything you've ever seen. Mm. And 20 years later, that highway sequence with the Harrier jets, yeah. and then the final bit yeah. with when, when Arnold's in the Harrier. There are, some, there are some shots in that that I love the way he doesn't show off. He's doing awesome things yeah. in the frame. But he just shows you the awesome stuff. Like, there's a really simple shot of Arnold and Tom Arnold in a helicopter. And two Harriers come into the shot behind them. And you see them fly past. I I don't know why that looks so amazing. Other than oh, no, he actually had two Harriers fly past a helicopter yeah. with a camera in it, right? Yeah. They actually rebuilt that causeway across the Florida Keys. That bri- They wow. rebuilt it so they could blow it up Jesus and do that stuff Christ. for real. I was wondering that. Like, it's not. It looks like it's happening. Because yeah. it's happening. There's no CG. There's no model. It well, there's some CG, but is, yeah. Is there? He's really, he's really blowing stuff up. I didn't notice if there was. Exactly. And even with all the comedy beats of like the album. The only thing I notice the... is a green screen with the Harrier at the end with Dana on top of the Harrier. That's the only thing you notice. But even then, okay, it wasn't a real jet that Arnold's in, but it is a real mock-up of a jet suspended 300 feet. Yeah, so the jet above looks a, real. Yeah. Above a building. A blue screen. At that time, it would have been blue screen, right? Yeah. There, there, he is literally 300 feet in the no, air. That's fantastic. With a real hotel behind him. But the shot I like, you know, like we talked about in the first Terminator where Arnold does the extra little in tech. Yeah, while. he does okay. it. He does it in this. Well, the equivalent for me in this is when he's in the Harrier and he's trying to shoot the helicopter. Yeah. And you see the bullets hit the ocean in the background. He's like chasing this helicopter with his gunfire and you see the bullets landing in the ocean behind and then he just takes a chunk out of the building as the helicopter goes. I don't know why I love that. It's just such an amazing shot. 
there is a moment when he does this extra little spray with an Uzi <laughs> that's just like the bit in Technoir and Terminator. That's it. It's a, but so fine, I agree that there are little nice moments that work out like that in in the action sequences and stuff like that. But also, Arnie's still a fantastic presence on screen. He knows what he's doing in the fight scenes yeah. that you see him in. You can see the stunt guys much more easily yeah, and much more readily. Yeah. And it's a slight disappointment to see such few action scenes with Arnie in it. It's not that bad, though. It's okay. There are still shots of him genuinely yeah. riding a horse. Yeah, I think but there's um, quite a few of him not. And the the reason that it's in such sharp relief, though, is that there are very few shots when Jamie Lee Curtis is doing something where it actually isn't Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, that's interesting. She, she did all it. the limo stuff. Yeah, she pretty much did yeah, herself. Yeah. Apart from the very last bit where she's hanging from the helicopter. Right, Obviously, okay. that's a stunt person. No, but, I mean again, she's excellent in all of that. We missed something in the action sequence that I think deserves a mention. Bill Paxton? No. <laughs> Bill Paxton pissing himself twice. <laughs> Let's just say that. It's been said. It's kind of lovely. Bill Paxton's one of the few people that can say, Jamie Lee Curtis made me piss my pants with her lipstick. Can Tom Hanks say that? No. He, I don't no. think so. No. Can Daniel Day-Lewis say that? No. Well done, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Well done. What did we miss in the action scene? Jamie Lee Curtis dropping the Uzi down the stairs. So goofy, so ridiculous. If you don't know you're in a cartoon at that point, yeah, um, I imagine that would that would take you out. Of and we're it. talking a cartoon that you buy and you're on board with, not a Cactus Jack style cartoon. No, we were right with that. I'm all right with it. I don't think it doesn't not work. I don't think it doesn't not work. What kind of a sentence is that? A really shit one. It does work because yeah. because we know we're in that movie at that point. Yeah, and it wouldn't work if it wasn't funny but it is funny and the way that she takes yeah. out like 12 guys and even arnold's sort of like hey good work and the way that she goes yeah she put, yeah, well, yeah it gives him the thumbs, thumbs up. up like hey i did it you know it's like hey honey yeah, i'm pretty good right hey, honey, i killed some bad guys it's cool and and again it's the thing is is that if she did anything else it wouldn't be helen tasker you don't just have arnie saving the day you've got her doing something it's like well what can she do yeah, she can drop an Uzi down the stairs and accidentally kill a bunch of guys. That's going to help Arnie out. Like, because Arnie's kind of outnumbered in that moment. I know some people hate it. That's why I'm mentioning it. What I was thinking when I was watching it this time was like, this is the moment that she Jar Jar Binks as the film. Like, there's that sequence in Phantom Menace where Jar Jar Binks becomes a war hero by being an idiot. And yeah. I think in The Phantom Menace, I hated it. In True Lies, I still love it. So Yeah, so I don't think it's fair to say she Jar Jar Binks as the film. I think it's better to say Jar Jar Binks tries to Helen Tasker the film. Yeah. And he Jar Jar Binks is no Jamie Lee Curtis fact. Art Malik. Yeah, we've done the rest of the cast. We may as well. Yeah. So, I mean, fantastic performance, I think, by him. And I also think that a lot of people watch this film and don't know that he's a Brit. Slightly controversial. It is. I was about to say that. And were it not for the fact that there's an Arab guy on Harry Tasker's team, yeah, you could see this as actually quite racist movie um, because there's very little positive representation of Arab people in this film. In fact, the Anti-Defamation League did boycott the film and as a result, it was banned in 55 Arabic nations. That doesn't surprise me. And in terms of social justice and stuff like that, I wouldn't say that that's an unfair move it is an American movie, and I have happened to think that at this time, Americans were particularly insensitive to that kind of thing. 
we couldn't do the Russians anymore. No. It had to be the, the, the Muslim terrorism. They, you know, they mentioned Iran, Iraq and Syria at one point in the film. And I think it, it's very sad that that's still, you know, the hot spot of the world mm. along with Afghanistan. And I think the reason that the film gets away with it, and I think it's a legitimate way to do it, is that it plays the terrorists as idiots rather than as strictly Arabic evil people. Yeah, true. Yeah? So the terrorists are the idiots... And the thing is, is that, again, there's somebody who's supposed to be of Arab descent on Arnie's team. But yes, Art Malik, a very accomplished actor. I think he partially had some regrets about his big break being playing this kind of character. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, the, My favourite moment from him, it's they're on the crane. Like he's chasing Dana on the, on the crane at the end and she's yeah. going to drop the key. He's like, come here, child. You know, like, give me the key. I, you know, I won't kill you. I'll give you my word. No way, you wacko. And he gives this look. And it's just a look. He doesn't say anything. So he's turn, he turns from trying to be charming. And, and, and he just gives this face that says, don't call me wacko face. You know, yeah. that's why. And it's like, sure, you wacko. Yeah, but it's like, you said the, you said the wrong word. It's like calling Marty McFly chicken. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it's wacko right <laughs> like yeah. it's the yeah, worst yeah. it's the worst thing and it's like i'm not crazy i think the epilogue at the end is lovely it's really nice really important it finishes in a lovely way um so i'm really i was really pleased that the way that the movie wraps up you leave feeling you excellent. mean um arnie winning double thumb wall that's it yeah. it could have ended there you didn't need the whole them going no, on it's a mission nice. and a tango yeah and but you no, you you want to know that Helen is satisfied. No, no, and they're, they're a kind of... It's nice that they're, they're a, a spy team now. now. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. She answers the phone and it says, is this Boris and Boris? And she turns to Arnie and says, we're on or whatever. Or And then when she turns back, the camera's like pushing in a slowly and she's got like this film noir lighting on her eyes, yeah. which I thought was really nice because of Jim Cameron and tech noir and all that. And it all yeah. came in this little moment. It's like... It's little moments like that that made me think this is just as much her movie as it is Arnie's. I know Arnie's top billing. I know Arnie's the big draw. But script-wise, story-wise, I almost want to say it's Helen Tasker's story. They both have a similar arc, but I think the difference is that Helen's arc is much more emotional. She yeah. is the, the emotional anchor and heart of the film. Yeah. And that's very powerful. Uh, I don't mean like Schindler's no, List yeah. powerful, but I mean that's a powerful element. Want to do that feature that I like to call? Here's some numbers. <laughs> here's some numbers. Here's some numbers. It's your numbers. So uh, this was the second, but not last time that James Cameron made the most expensive movie of all time. Uh, in 1994 dollars, it was 115 million dollars. So it was about uh, 15 million more than Terminator 2. That 15 million, by the way, went straight in Arnold Schwarzenegger's pocket. So this is the third of four times that he got $15 million. Not the smallest paycheck he it's got incredible. by a long shot. But in three in three years, he made $60 million up front. So that's not including any endorsement deals or back-end deals or anything like that. This finished 1994 as the third most successful film worldwide of the year. Uh, now, some of the other films that it beat that year, Four Weddings and a Funeral was the big breakout smash. Speed, The Mask. Wow. Um, and the only two films that made more money than True Lies in 1994 
were Forrest Gump and The Lion King. So you've got to say, uh, 1994, in terms of big blockbuster movies, was a pretty banner year. But it's interesting to me, looking at that list, that True Lies is probably the one that's least remembered these days. It's your numbers. I I made an effort, because I knew we were going to review this, to ask my female friends about their opinions on Jamie Lee Curtis's character and stuff like that in this movie, just so I knew I was talking from uh, an informed place. All of them said that they loved it and remembered it. When I told them that I'm doing this podcast, they're like, oh, are you doing True Lies? The films that my friends say when I say this are True Lies, Kindergarten Cop and The Terminator. Those are the movies. And Predator as well. They love those films. It's the same with my male friends. So there you go. It's uh, really bizarre to me that Kindergarten Cop is so well regarded. Everyone that I was with on a stag do recently talked about it. And finally, in the awards section, good to see Jamie Lee Curtis got a Golden Globe for Best Actress. Fantastic. Totally deserved. Favourite lines? Too many, man. It's it's, you, it's sort of favourite lines. You could lines. read off half the script. Yeah, favourite lines mixed with favourite moments. Uh, what's the character, the guy you said writes, writes with Clooney? Grant Hesloff. He's getting into the van at, right at the beginning and leaves the door open. Tom Arnold's character says, were you born in a barn? He just says, whole house. Yeah. It's just like, it's a real throwaway line. It's like, I, the first time I ever heard it, having seen it so many times. Yeah, there's a moment just after that where Harry's um, infiltrating the mansion and he's speaking in Arabic and he comes out of a room and the subtitles say, uh, where's the John? I have to take a major leak. And in brackets, it says, perfect Arabic. <laughs> I love that yeah. too. That's yeah. a, that is a tonal thing. That just lets you know that's the world we're in here, people. Yeah. Here's my invitation. I said it early sure. on. It's brilliant. Pirani. Helen Tasker. So he gets back off the mission and she's saying, uh, the guy, you know, said it's he's going to charge us $600 to, to yeah. do the walk. to uh, re- Repavement or something. Repavement the walkway or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Arnie's like, great. What did you say to him? He said, she said, I, I slept with him. And then he said he'd knock off 100 bucks. And he's, good job, honey, you know, whatever he says. It gives her a little kiss on yeah. the cheek, good thinking. Yeah, and she's just, <laughs> and you know she's saying it to get a rise out of him, and she doesn't get a rise, and, but it's kind of funny as well. It's good. Oh, yeah, it's good. yeah. Uh, I love the soundtrack and the score, man, in this. Uh, Brad Fidel, who did the Terminator movies. Yeah, yeah, it just fits. It's excellent. Yeah, it really is. And I, I actually think it's one of the first soundtracks I ever bought. Say something. It's a fine animal. Yeah, that's it. Like she gets getting whipped in the face by the horse's tail, and the, the little screech she gives out. That's they're stuck in the lift, right, with the horse. And that lift sequence is excellent. Like it is. Do you want a little bit of trivia about those lifts? Go ahead. Exactly the same ones that John Malkovich and Clint Eastwood are in at the end of In the Line of Fire. Same hotel, same location, everything. I've been there. Our parents took us there. It's not the it's not the hotel though. It's a different one. It's not the Marriott. Yeah, it's not the not, Marriott. It's yeah, something else. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, the Marriott sign's much more interesting. So they're back at headquarters or whatever the Omega. Yeah, Omega Sector, the last line of defense. Yeah. Uh, and Faisal characters there doing some uh, explaining that the Art Malik's group is called Crimson Jihad, and he says they call him the Sand Spider. Why? Probably because it sounds scary. Dead earnest, though. Oh, probably because it sounds scary. Charlton Heston playing Nick Fury there, by the way. Is that Charlton Heston? Yeah, yeah totally Nick Fury character. Like, 
But he, I love the fact that they include his character name in the opening credits because he's never referred to by his name. But it's such an awesome name. Go on. Spencer Trilby. That is excellent. Can I just do one of Bill Paxton's? When he's explaining to um, Arnie in the Corvette about all the women he gets. Look at me. I'm not all that to look at. No, no, I can say it. But I got them lining up. And not just the skanks either. Well, some are. <laughs> <laughs> I think every line of Bill Paxton... I could watch and rewatch just a true lies cut down to just Bill Paxton's moments. It's the Bill Paxton supercut. I want a Simon the douchebag romantic comedy. Oh my god. Like how he learns to be an actual human being. <laughs> so he starts off as this douchebag. So the first hour is just Bill Paxton doing his thing, right? His origin story is true lies and then you know he gets he he turns a new leaf, I guess. Two lovely like Jamie Lee Curtis moments. She's been given the ultimatum after this interrogation scene that we've referenced so many times. Work for us as a spy or you go to federal prison and you, both your husband and daughter will be abandoned and alone for the rest of oh, their yeah. lives. And they say, so what is it going to be? Gee, let me think. And then soon after they start explaining, you know, her contact code name is Boris and your code name will be and she hopefully interrupts, Natasha? <laughs> it's just so cute. Like, she's like, yeah. she still thinks on some level that she's in some kind of romantic spy novel, thriller, or whatever. And she really wants to be called Natasha? Like, because that would be amazing. I found it cute. And of course, the classic one-liner, man. It's the I'll be back of True Lies. Go on. You're fired. Oh, uh, yeah, fine. That's what I, I knew. I thought that's what you were referring to. I'm going to disagree. I actually think it's the weakest line in the whole film. It got a massive laugh in 94. Oh. No, it, it killed. It was because you were so in the moment at that point. You are fired. And you know what's going on. He sets it up with the helicopter and the rocket and everything. And then he just goes, you're fired. It's the look on his face as well. Though. I mean, we've already said this movie is a scowlster piece. But, um, scowl, scowlster piece. Every kind of scowl is in here. And yeah. normally it's with that that wry smirk and it's really nice now he's got a little bit of lineage on his it face works. as well the scowl works better and you said earlier that you couldn't do a film like this again I think Arnie couldn't do a film like this again because it was it was almost like peak Arnold you know he was yeah. he was still really handsome and he was in great shape but he was starting to look a bit old and any later than this I think it starts to look a bit ridiculous right but okay. just at this point I think he just capitalised on it he said let's just do one let's do one last great one yeah and, and who you're going to do that did. with if you're Arnie at this stage of his career Jim Cameron greatest director he's ever worked yeah, with yeah. yeah so of course I think there's so many elements came together to make this film great he's still you know the highest paid actor in Hollywood he had this massive hit again uh, he's come back off Last Action Hero I've already said I don't think he does one this good again. Even just two years later with Eraser, when we get there, I think it's an attempt to do a film like this again. Yeah, for sure. It's it's too late. The time has passed. So with all that in mind... Let's rank it, man. Let's rank the shit out of it. Well, I want you to go first. Why? You always want me to go first. All right, well, I'll go first. Well, it's okay. What do you want? Do you want me to go first or do do you want to go first? I think I have to go first. Because you're you're such an influential person, so strong-minded, intelligent, smart, handsome, um, physically strong. I might even say beguiling. Mm. Yeah, physically and emotionally strong. So do it already. I will. 
the range of types of Arnie movies, it makes it difficult to put one above another because it feels sometimes like they belong on separate lists. Absolutely. For example, if I put True Lies alongside Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Last Action Hero, it beats all of them. If I'm ranking it in terms of an action movie, it beats a lot of them as well. But it can't beat Total Recall. It certainly can't beat Terminator, any of the Terminators. Total Recall's at number one for me. T2's at number two. And T3's at number three. Followed by... T3? T3? No. No. The Terminator is at number three. It has to be high up. I don't want to knock <laughs> the ter- any of the Terminators out of my top three, though. It's got too many good things. And it's what I love about Arnie rather than what are his best films. And because this has so much, I'm going to put it at number two, which makes Total Recall number one. Okay. True Lies is number two. Then T2, then Terminator. Well, no one is going to be more surprised than me to say this, but um, True Lies is going straight in at the top. No way. I now, am surprised. I think I'm more surprised than you. My, my top five at the moment is Total Recall, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, The Running Man, and Predator. I'm not saying that True Lies is a better action film than Terminator 2, uh, or Total Recall for that matter. What I am saying is it is the ultimate Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I am because so it has, happy to hear you It say. has everything that I think I look for in an Arnie movie. Wow. I think Arnie is doing all of it at the absolute top of his game. And on top of all of that, you've got James Cameron still indulging his fear of technological intrusion, statewide surveillance, a nuclear threat, but just delivering on the comedy and the emotion at the same time. So I think I'm safe in saying that True Lies is going to sit at the top of my list till we get to the end of this now. Listen, man, what you've said there, I just have to say, it warms my heart because... When we started this, we were clear. I had a stronger, longer history with a love for Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. It was my hope that your love for True Lies would have been increased as a result of doing this podcast. Do you think that's why? That it's having watched his films in chronology that have made you appreciate this film much more? Oh, definitely. This is the payoff for me. And I think... Like us, you know, I don't want to put too much of an emphasis on this, but I think there's going to be a a, a a downward slant from here for quite a while. And yeah, you know, the whole history of the things that I've discovered about Arnie up to this point because of this podcast pays off here. And I, I genuinely sat there with a big goofy grin on my face for two and a quarter hours. Excellent. I loved it. I you loved every second of it. You can't ask anything more. You can't ask anything more. So is our, our next film is Junior? Yes. It must be because it's also I 1994. Think so. so the reteaming of Ivan Reitman, Danny DeVito, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Twins Gang. I've not seen it. Not holding out a lot of hope. So the one thing I'm hoping is that it will at least surprise me due to my low expectations. Yeah, I have seen it and I have very little memory of it. Uh, Emma Thompson's in it. So join us for that next time. Until then, Alex, you're fired. Well, I guess that's it then. Wrong. You're going to be in the van next time. 15 years I've been in the van. Bye. Facebook. Forward slash The Arnithology. Twitter. At The Arnithology. Email. 
thearnithology at gmail.com. Website! www.arnithology.com. Get in touch.